Great to have you here this morning for the launch of a brand new series called The Power of Same. And it's a sort of series, it's going to run for four weeks, it's the sort of series that, that lends itself to be launched and taught at the beginning of the year. And we decided just to hold off till today to launch that because we're aware that some people go on holidays uh, during that early part of January, and we wanted to make sure we had maximum exposure. Today, whoa, so confusing. Despite the name and how it might appear on the surface, this is a series about change. So I want you to get your note-taking devices out because class is well and truly in session. Now, you might not be a writer or a thumber and a, you know, whatever you call that person, but you can take photos of some of the things we're going to be teaching. You can push that out. We encourage people to push what God's speaking to them about out into social media. Uh, Pete Goodall, one of our leaders, likes to say, social media is the new amen. And so utilize that medium for sure. But here's the big idea over the next four weeks, the power of same series, that the key to change is more of the same. You see, in 2016, same is underrated. We've become obsessed with what's next and what's new, what's sparklier than what we have. And yet, I aim to demonstrate to us over these next four weeks that one of the keys to living the life that God has intended for us to live is consistency in certain areas. Now, there is a dark side to sameness, okay? I wanna just make sure you understand that I understand that there's a dark side to sameness, and I wanna help you understand that there's a dark side to sameness. It might be stagnant sameness, that you continue to do what's comfortable long after it stopped being profitable. Stagnant sameness. There's stupid sameness. The hot plate's on, and you keep touching it. Ouch, 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 ouch. And if your kids do that, you say to them, Johnny, that's just stupid. Stop touching the hot plate. And yet as adults, we keep coming back to doing the same stupid stuff over and over again and wondering why, ouch, it hurts just like it did the first time. Stupid sameness. Repeating patterns that were your parents' way without checking to see whether they were God's way. By the way, you need to be part of a church where the preacher's gonna tell you to stop being stupid. Oh, it sounds a bit harsh. You'll get over it. Stop being stupid. Ouch! There's stubborn sameness. Oh, that's just the way I am. Really? You know what? We've noticed. That's well, just the way I am. Yeah, we've noticed. So, so let me ask a better question. 
It may be the way you are, but is it the way God's created you to be? Is it the best version of who God's created you to become? It's just the way I am. Spontaneous. I mean, you know, I always feel like I'm rushed off my feet, but I'm spontaneous. Now you're disorganized. Talk about that next week. Stubborn sameness. And then the scared sameness. Some people just actually stay doing the same things because there's a, 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 an enemy in front of them that they need to defeat in order to get into God's promise, but they're too scared to defeat that enemy. enemy. So they stay doing the same thing, and yet it's less than God's best, and it won't see them take a hold of God's promises. But there's a, a sameness that I want to talk about today and for the next few weeks that I call sacred sameness. It looks like scared, but it's spelt differently. Unless you're dyslexic, then it's spelt scared. But too many people especially now in 2016, are looking for what's new and what's next. And what's new and what's next isn't always better. Oh, I don't like my job, so I left. Yeah, but you left your last five jobs. Oh, yeah, because my boss was a moron. Do you understand that you had five different bosses for your last five different jobs? Do you understand that the only constant, the only common denominator in those last five jobs was you? Do you understand that everywhere you go, you go? Do you understand sometimes God wants us to stay because he wants to do something in us in the place he's planted us? Because unless he does that in us, in the place he's planted us, wherever we go, we go too. Starting new relationships. You know, I just wasn't happy with that one. <laughs> the one before that. 17 before that. Again, you are the constant. Sometimes God wants to develop new in the context of same. You know, most of my life goals revolve around the power of same. I'm a visionary. I'm future focused. But most of my life goals revolve around the power of same. One of my life goals is that I plan to be married to the same one person, same one person till the day I die. And it's Louisa, in case you're wondering. Uh, we married 18 years, and uh, we're gonna stay married till the day I die. I'm going first, too, by the way. That's what Louis told me. And... Uh, But I say to her, sweetheart, sweetheart, if you ever leave me, I'm coming too. She doesn't like that very much. One of my life goals, same woman, the rest of my life, married. One of my life goals is to lead the same church till the end of my paid ministry. And even then, when I'm stopped being paid to lead here, I ain't going anywhere. Tell Baden, one of my goals is that Baden, when our bottoms are 85 years old and wrinkly, that we'll be sitting on his porch drinking uh, whatever 85-year-old people drink um, and, and dreaming of how we can invest into the 20-somethings and 30-somethings. We're going anywhere. The power is the same. In fact, five years ago and change, 
when I first was being interviewed to take on the leadership of this church, I was sent the, the role description. And one of the first items on the role description is that this job is a five-year contract. I walked into the first interview. I said, this interview is over unless you take that off the contract. Because what's that got to do with anything? I'm coming and I'm staying until either I royally screw up and I need to go, which I'm not planning on doing, or God appears at the freaking foot of my bed and drags me out of here because I'm not here for a job. This isn't a career. It's a calling. This should be good news to you that I ain't going anywhere. And by the way, if it's bad news to you, then you need to leave because I'm going to outlast you. I'm an endurance athlete. It's what I do. Stewie knows. And I've, look, I've just passed the five-year mark, oh, and we're just getting started. Oh, thanks very much for the well wishes. Thanks for the cake, and uh, enjoy the next guy. And then you have to start all over again. No, I ain't going anywhere. The power of same. Everything worth building takes time. One of my greatest joys in this five years is by one person, we have all of the same team leaders leading our key team that we had five years ago. Now, they're not the same people because they're growing, but they're the same people. Oh, this English language, very confusing. I know, I know. Same word mean different meaning. Ironic, I know. One of my greatest joys, same Team leaders that we had five years ago. God's brought more and God's brought more team members. And, and by the way, and, and my comment to Baden, it's because I say, Baden, I don't want you going anywhere because I want to do life together. I want to build and see God build something significant in us and around us. It takes time. It takes time for trust to develop. It takes time for, for deep-spirited relationships to develop. It takes time for someone to give you their freaking Wi-Fi password at their house instead of you having to hack it. Two years, buddy. Two long, lonely years I had to use my Vodafone 4G network. Anyway, we progress. Baden and I have gone deeper. Some time ago, uh, I was meeting up with, with one of our team members, and, and they were sharing that they were, you know, they, were, they were coming through a challenging season. And someone had asked them right, right at the front end of this season, oh, does that mean you're going to be leaving Elevate? I don't know who the person was that asked him that question, but, but, but listen very carefully. When someone who's a part of the same church as you is going through a challenging season, quit asking them if they're going to leave. How about you ask them, how can I pray for you? How can I encourage you? See, this is one of the things that rips my undies. There's a lot of things. This is one of them. Churches who say, we want to be like the early church. We want to be like the church in the book of Acts. Yeah? Okay. Well, let me give you a little bit of the backstory about the early church, the church in the book of Acts. There was only one show in town. If you wanted to follow Jesus in the context of a church, which, by the way, is strong advice, you have to follow Jesus for yourself, but you cannot follow Jesus effectively by yourself. Tweet that. Anyway... That's not in my notes. It will be. There was only one church in Ephesus. 
There was only one church in Corinth. There was only one church in Rome. There was only one rodeo in town. And if you didn't like it, you had a choice. Leave, but there wasn't anywhere else to go to. Well, I'm going to go down to the church down the road. Ain't no church down the road. Or work through the stuff that God is challenging you with. You read Paul's letters to the early church. The word one another appears on endless loop. Love one another. Encourage one another. Pray for one another. Serve one another. You know why he made such a point of saying one another, one another, one another? Because these people bothered each other a lot. But the remedy wasn't leave. The remedy was let's go deeper in our relationship by working through stuff. That's going to cause us to be planted more deeply. And therefore, the more deeply you can get planted, the higher you can grow the stronger you are when the next storm of life comes around. Oh, no, I think I'm just going to transplant. You can't grow anything effective if you move the plant every three months. Man, class really is in session. This is good. Woo! I hope you're quiet because you're currently pushing some of this profundity out to social media. So, Super Steve and Renati. Uh, celebrated, by the way, their one-year Elevate anniversary last Sunday. Yeah, very good. And we are as excited about you guys as you are about us. FYI, okay? I love it that people mark time by how long they've been planted in a church. Pretty good. Better than a birth certificate. Birth certificate's worthless. If you didn't have one, you wouldn't know how old you are. You just know how old you feel. That's another story for another time. I'm preaching about that sometimes, Stewie. Make notes for me, Stewie. Future messages. Um... So, uh, uh, Super Steve and Renati got married last year, December 11. Remember your anniversary. I sometimes forget mine, but I remember yours. Uh, December 11 last year, which, by the way, married on a Friday. We're here. Renati was here leading worship on a Sunday. Some of you thought that was weird. I, I wonder if God thought that was normal. Because Renati said to me when, when some people said, it's a bit weird that you got married two days ago and here you are leading worship. She said to them, God has given us so much over this last year. The first Sunday that we had as a married couple, we wanted to honor him by me leading worship and Super Steve standing in the second row worshiping. Oh, weirdo. No, it's kind of normal. Um, but you don't know this, Stevie, so pay attention. Uh, <laughs> late last year before they were married and before they had kids, Renati said to me, just hanging out, said to me, Mark, I'm really excited about our kids' future. I'm like, okay, thinking ahead, good. Why? She goes, because they're going to be here, planted at Elevate with us. I'm like, that's a vision. It's worth pursuing. Pretty good, huh? No, hurry, man. Just, just, no, just, just. She, didn't, she didn't say when. Just, not to me anyway. All right, okay. All right, I'll give you a race. So here's, the, here's what seems to be a paradox. Jesus, who came to change the world, was big on the power of same. Now, get your little devices out. Open up your Bible app. If you don't yet have the Bible app, this is where you can find it. It's free. It's been downloaded globally over 200 million times. That's 20% on the way to a billion Bibles getting out there. How cool is that? So if you haven't got it, get it. You're going to need it. I'm going to come back to that at the end. We're going to have some homework this 
And I want you to open your app to John chapter 15. Now, what you'll find in many of your Bibles is the words when you open John chapter 15, they're all in red, all right? The reason they're all in red in some Bibles is because some very clever wag in history decided to make the, G- the words that Jesus actually spoke, put them in red. That, that says that everything in the Bible is great, but this is the Jesus stuff. It's like the best of the best, the red stuff. This is John chapter 15 is all red, right, Garrod? All red. He's already been reading it in red. He read it in red. Ha, huh, English language, red, red. I know, I didn't invent it. John chapter 15. So the, so, so the context is that Jesus was hanging out with some of his closest followers. Jesus knew he was about to be taken and beaten and crucified. He knew that these were his, some of his final hours alive on the planet. When you know that you're about to die and you're gathered in a room with some of your closest people, do you think you're gonna choose your words very carefully? Oh no, let's just read the Macca's menu. Kill time. No, he was very considered with what he said. You can be sure of that. So of all the things he could talk about, his famous last words included this. Let me read it for you. We're gonna put it on the screen so you can follow if you haven't got your app open. I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't bear fruit and he prunes branches that do bear fruit so they'll produce even more. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. (laughs) Of all the metaphors that Jesus could have used to describe himself and, and God, our Father, the metaphor that he chose for God was the gardener. Some people read this wrong. They think that Jesus said, I am the true grapevine and my Father is the genie. We like that because with genies, when you want something from them, it's just a very simple, quick, succinct project. Gardening, on the the other hand, is not a quick, succinct project. It's a process. And we don't like that as much. But here's the thing, the big idea. If you resist the monotonous, you'll miss the miraculous. Man, that sounds unglamorous. Some of you want want us to pass the bucket so you can take your money back. If you resist the monotonous, (sighs) December last year, Debbie DeBlank and I shared this story with permission. Debbie DeBlank's one of our incredible Elevate Kids team members. She was thinking maybe her time as one of our Elevate kids' team members was up, maybe was up, and, and she was feeling quite frustrated, you know, in with, the, she, she's uh, primarily in with our toddler's environment, which is walking to age four, and, and questioning whether anything that, that, that she was doing was actually producing fruit, because it just felt like two weeks on, two weeks off, two weeks talking to kids that, you know, maybe didn't even look like they were paying attention, then two weeks to recover, 
then two weeks on, talking to kids that didn't look like they cared, and then two weeks to recover, and then two weeks on again, investing in kids that wanted to just color in, and then two weeks off to recover, and then two... And one morning, she arrived and walked in through our foyer, and one of our kids, Jeremiah, who I'm going to say he's three, but his mum is going to correct me because he's really four. And in fact, he's probably four and four in one month. Yes, yeah, see, there's a day in, in his future where you don't add. You just go, I'm just 47. I'm not 47 and a half. Screw the half bit. Let's just leave that on the DL. Jeremiah, aged four, comes running up to Debbie as she walked in our foyer and recites almost verbatim the lesson that she taught them last week in Elevate Kids. And she thought, maybe I won't quit as a team member, even though this sometimes feels like the monotonous, I'm actually being used by God to experience the miraculous, the power of saying. If you think that you are going to land in the epicenter of God's will in 2016 because you try something once, it's not going to happen. Well, you know, January 2, I went to the gym, I did a workout, and I got on the scales, nothing changed. So I canceled my gym membership. Beginning of January, my missus and I, we knew we were in trouble financially, a lot of debt, so we decided we're going to get out of debt because that's what God wants, people live financially free. We, we know that, and so we did a budget. We were in a lot of debt, but we did a budget, and after a week, nothing really changed. So we went out to the casino because we are depressed. I went to that church once. Nothing changed. At least the coffee was good. In order to live the life that God's called us to, we have to understand it only works if we work it. And not once, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, because living in the epicenter of God's will is a process, not a project. Jesus said it this way. I'm going to revisit it. Verse 4, remain in me as I also remain. I ain't going anywhere in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit. Neither can you bear fruit. Not some fruit. Neither can you bear fruit, period, unless you remain. You won't see results unless you remain. You may have noticed that we live in a culture of impatience. Anybody notice that? Quick, 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 put your hands up. Ever yelled at your computer or your device when it takes more than a few seconds for an internet page to load? Stupid internet! Yelling at the microwave, come on! Cook my dinner, I haven't got all minutes. Yeah, 
let me get in the Wayback Machine with some of you and take you back to my dial-up modem days. You will count your blessings. Three happiness-destroying words. They can be going brilliantly. Three happiness-destroying words. You could have just won lottery. Three happiness-destroying words. Suffering from buffering. University of Massachusetts recently conducted a study of 6.7 million internet users. It's a pretty, pretty decent sample size if you're into stats. 6.7 million internet users tracking their video watching habits, actually trying to determine how long someone would wait for a new video to load on YouTube, Vimeo, Facebook, Funny Cat Video, whatever it was, how long they would wait for it to load and start playing before they would get frustrated and impatient and click onto something else, right? 6.7 million users. Do you know how long, do you know how long the average out of 6.7 million users was that, that, that someone would wait before they would click out because it was taking too long? Do you know how long? Two seconds. We live in a culture of impatience, but look, guys, whether you like it or not, producing fruit is not instantaneous. It's a process, and it takes time, and it takes patience, and it takes us doing more of the same. I grow fruit. It's not a euphemism. I actually do grow fruit, and I have been growing fruit for 20 years, I like to eat fruit. I like to know where my fruit comes from. Easy when it comes from just outside your door. I like to know what's been put on it or not. And uh, I've, I, I can tell you, you may never grown fruit. Maybe, you know, fruit picking for you involves a shopping cart and a supermarket uh, checkout, but, you know, whatever. It's a process, growing fruit. It's not instantaneous. It, it kind of goes like this. You've you got to start with good soil. In, in, in fact, it's all about good soil. You can have two great seeds, put one in good soil, one in bad soil. They won't actually come out the same. It's not the seed that, that, that's, that's the whole story. It's the soil that matters. The soil matters. I, 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 think, I told this to Tanya a few months. I think I'm, I I'm going to get a line of T-shirts made called Soil Matters. Soil Matters. That's why the church you're a part of matters. Don't go to the church that's closest to your house. Go to the church that God's called you to be part of. If that means you drive across town, drive across town. If that means you move closer because you don't like driving across town, move closer. The soil matters. You need to be part of a church where, where you're going to be told not to be stupid. In love. I'm also going to get on the back of that same T-shirt, how to win friends and influence people. Um, <laughs> a church where God's word is being preached, whether you like it or not, whether it makes us comfortable or not. A church where people's faith is being stretched and we're becoming all that God's called us to be. That's the sort of church we're not to, not to go to. You don't go to church. You are the church. You're, we're planted in the church. Good soil. Friends are part of your soil. You got toxic matter in your soil, it'll kill the seed, it'll kill the dreams, it'll kill the life that God's breathed into you because toxic things kill good stuff. Your friends matter. You need to have the sort of friends that'll tell you if you've got spinach in your teeth. 
but, but, they, but they need to be the sort of friends that have built up a, a, a platform of love and trust so that when they tell you you've got spinach in your teeth, you know they're telling you in love not to throw you under the bus. These are the sort of things that matter. Plant in good soil. Plant in good soil. Here's the process. Plant in good soil. Get, get, this is spectacular. Plant in good soil. This is the process. <laughs> Stay planted. Keep feeding and watering and keep protecting. Stay planted. Keep feeding and watering. Keep protecting. Stay planted. Keep feeding and watering. Keep protecting. It's not glamorous. But if you resist the monotonous, you'll miss the miraculous. You won't bear Fruit. Occasionally, by the way, in that process, there has to be some pruning. I'm going to talk about that in a few weeks' time. Well, I'm going to talk about it in this series. I'm not actually going to tell you when because some of you will deliberately not show up. We don't like the pruning stuff. Preview on that, though, it's often the process you resist that produces the fruit you long for. Plant in good soil, stay planted, keep feeding and watering, keep protecting. Repeat, 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 repeat. And then at one moment in time, fruit will be there. Great fruit, fruit that's ready. But it's ready, as Louis' grandmother, Italian grandmother says, it's ready when it's ready. Oh, how, how long is this fig going to take? It's ready when it's ready. In the meantime, you just got to trust the process because you won't experience the rewards if you don't embrace the routine that produces the results. More on that next week. You can write it down in the meantime. Man, next week sounds good. Jordan, I'm going to be here. You, more of the same. You're getting it. You're a quick study. I love you. We take our teaching very seriously here at Elevate. Not anyone, just anyone gets the microphone. And uh, we hopefully that teaching is done by people with the gift of communication. It's, it's good. And uh, we work hard preparing. Uh, our goal is to make the teaching here helpful, not just interesting. Um, and one of the things we do every single week, the power of saying, as a team, we, we gather at 9.30, never 9.31, 9.30, tools down. We've done all of the preparation. We've prepared God's house for you. And then we put our tools down and we spend the next 10 minutes and we consider that the most important 10 minutes of our preparation, more than filling urns full of freshly brewed coffee, more than, 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 than practicing song arrangements, we pray. We pray for 10 minutes. And one of the things we pray for every single week using one word or another is, is, that, is that you will get a revelation from God. That, that something will come through from the preaching of God's word that'll be like an aha moment. Ah. And, and, and in that is an opportunity for your life to be transformed. We pray for that. Anyone ever had an aha moment when God's word's being taught here? There'd be a freaking lot of hands going up right here, right? Okay. Jeez. But uh, here's the thing. We pray for revelation, but... It's not the revelation that produces the reward. 
I'd get kicked out of a lot of churches just right at that very moment by saying it's not the revelation that produces the reward. It's the response to the revelation that produces the reward. Because here's the thing. This is what could happen. You can see it, you know, I'm nearly done, by the way, so I'm just about to finish. And, and you can say, oh, oh, well, you know, I listen to you preaching. And uh, I even took notes. Some good stuff there. Good. Race the monotonous, Mr. Miraculous. Yeah, all right. It's good. I like it. Agree. Took notes. <laughs> and, and then you could go away and not do anything with that. You had the revelation, but didn't get the results because it's not the revelation that produces the results. It's a process. The revelation needs to lead to a response to the revelation, and it's the response to the revelation that produces the results. It only works if we work it. It's a process, not a project. All right, final thought. Jesus needs to be our daily priority, not our weekly activity. Some of you saying weekly activity is actually stretching it a bit. Weekly? I thought you guys only met monthly. No, you only come monthly. Oh. Wow. Revelation. <laughs> it's getting awfully quiet in here. I tell you this stuff because I love you. I'm not trying to make you feel terrible. I hand out tissues on the way out. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> What a bastard. I love you. Jesus needs to be our daily priority, not our weekly activity. So as a senior leader here, I look for people producing fruit. We're not just here just to kind of do laps here. We're here to produce fruit. Jesus promised that we would. We want to. We want to be fruitful, right? And I look for that. I look for people because we celebrate that. I celebrate that. I take great joy in that. Great joy in that. It's like... When I see people producing fruit, I, I then kind of peel back the onion and, and, and I'm looking for why are some people producing fruit and perhaps in contrast, some other people aren't producing fruit. And it's almost always because the pattern of their life is different. I'm going to be talking about the pattern of your life next week. Next week, Jordan. Only one week. It's going to feel like the longest week of your life. Come on, Sunday. Come on! I look for patterns. And, and, and here's the thing. Here's what, here's what I've observed in 20-some years of church leadership, that people who produce fruit do a lot, regularly. Same. Here's what I see. All right, ready? You want to hear this list? Cracking list. Cracking list. They read their Bible consistently. Think there's more? Why would you think there's more? Huh? Okay, there's more. But there don't have to be more. Pretty good start. Some of you need to write that down. Read Bible consistently. Hmm. Yeah, free. Priceless, but it's free. Pray. They pray consistently, not just during airplane turbulence. They the people that produce fruit show up 
at our live experience, called a live experience because you don't do this in your lounge room, live experience, consistent, priority. The youth that are producing the most fruit show up at Friday Night Live, consistent. Kids who are bearing fruit show up for Elevate Kids consistently. Our team members can tell you which kids are, are, are here regularly and which aren't, not based on our check-in stats, though we keep them, but because we can just look at the fruit they're producing and tell the difference. People that are producing the most fruit, I've observed the pattern includes them worshipping consistently. I don't do that worship stuff. makes me uncomfortable. Now, aren't you glad Jesus didn't just do what's comfortable for you? I don't do that hanging on the cross stuff. Makes me uncomfortable. They give consistently. Money. Not trouble. I'll give you trouble, mate. I'll give it to you every week. No. They serve consistently. And one of the most incredible things we've seen over the last two years is a growing number of our Elevate youth high schoolers consistently getting here on a Friday night for Friday Night Live and then a growing number of them getting here on a Sunday morning, but not to sit, but to serve. They've figured out that Sundays aren't for sitting, that Sundays are for serving. And so we got Georgia Johnson part of our host team. You're greeted by her, light up your week. We got Riley Johnson, Behind our iMac, he's a friggin' powerhouse, that kid. Smart, so smart. I hate smart kids. Make me feel dumb. Jill, go home and tell Riley I hate him because he's smart. That's not true. I love him. Part of our media team. Right now, we've got uh, some of our Elevate Youth uh, kids serving in, in Elevate Kids, and I love them. And they're growing and producing fruit. Who knew? Participating in an Elevate group consistently, understanding that church isn't just about sitting in rows looking at the back of someone's head in the front of mine, but it's about doing life in circles, doing life together. It's not a weekly activity. It's about community. It's about life together. And in fact, stepping up and leading an Elevate group consistently. Consistently. So let me read again some of Jesus' famous last words, and then I'm going to pitch some homework, and then we're done. Until the next exciting installment power of saying. Next week, the problem is the pattern. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't bear fruit, and he prunes branches that do bear fruit, so they'll produce even more. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine and you can't be fruitful unless you remain in me. Here's the homework. Well, it's not homework. Gee, that sounds so melancholy. Homework. Uh, let me give you an invitation. For the month of February, 20, is it a leap year this year? Was that last year? It's this year? Awesome, because I was about to give you a 28-day invitation, but now it's a 29-day invitation. You get a bonus day for free. That's fantastic. I love that. I was born on a leap year. I'm only seven years old. It's not true. Uh, here's the invitation. For the month of February, I want to invite you to join me 
in reading John chapter 15 every day. And not just the first four verses, though that's the start. How many verses are there, Garrod? Look it up. Tell me in the next 20 seconds. Not you, Angie. You're not his concierge. Take the iPad, Garrod. Do some, something for yourself for a change. Um, he's coming to my house for lunch. There may be some poison in the punch. 27 verses. Gee, that sounded like Angie. I mean, I must be losing, must be losing my mind. Damn chlorine. Um, invite you to read John chapter 15 every day with me uh, for 29 days of February. And, and here's what I, I, I want to give you a little, uh, maybe do this. There's a lot of different versions of the Bible. And by the way, on the Bible app, there's a lot of different versions on the app, different versions. The New International Version, the New King James Version, the Message Version, the New Living Translation Version, the Contemporary English Version, the English Standard Version, the King James Version, the one that Shakespeare wrote. Don't read that. Uh, anyway, plenty of... And, and they're all as free as each other. There's the Spanish version, the Korean version, the Japanese version, the Turkish version, the um, Arabic version, the Egyptian Arabic version. On it goes. You've got no excuses here, people. It's an invitation. And I would encourage you and invite you, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a different version each day. And I'm going to expect that God's going to reveal something different every time I read it because God's word is alive Because God's word is alive. Seems his word's alive, but his people ain't. Jesus is risen, but we forgot to. No. Every day, February, invitation with me. Morning doesn't matter. Midday doesn't matter. Nighttime doesn't matter. Toilet, dining table, bus, office cubicle, not while you're driving. That matters. Join me in reading uh, John chapter 15. The same passage. Monday.